Language Lab! Hey team, welcome back to yet another episode of the Lending Language Lab. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm your host, Steph, and I'm delighted to be in conversation with you today. So to start off this episode, I wanted to ask you all a question. When was the last time you felt joy? You know, the pure, unfiltered, childlike kind of joy. So this is the kind of joy you might have felt as a kid when you were doing cartwheels in the playground, or if you were like me as a kid, a very bat-yim, very cheeky and naughty kind of kid. You might have experienced running through the playground and crashing into random objects and getting scrapes everywhere. <laughs> and so this is the kind of experience or memory I want you to bring up in your head as you're thinking about that experience of joy. And I wanted to start off our episode on that question because it's going to relate to the lending language moment that I wanted to share with you today and leads into the discussion that I wanted to start with you all today as well. So the other day I was at the gym preparing for a dance class when I overheard an auntie saying to her friend, she said to her friend, why? <laughs> so the literal English translation for this phrase is, hey, are you still going to stick around and play today? And so what this auntie was actually asking her friend was, are you going to stick around at the gym for a little while longer? But she used a really special word here, and you might have noticed this, which is the word wan or play. And it really sparked a, a question and a thought in my head, which was, hey, why don't we incorporate more elements of playfulness in exercise more often? Because when you really think about some of the messages that we get from social media um, or in different ads that we might see on YouTube or even public health messaging about exercise, a lot of times exercise is framed as kind of a check off, like a tick box that we have to check off in order to um, maintain our physical health condition. So it's kind of like, you know, we've done our exercise for the day, um, we've checked it off and that's done and dusted. So in other words, um, a lot of us kind of see exercise as a should do instead of a could do. It's something that we are obligated to do in order to keep ourselves healthy instead of something that we have fun and enjoy doing. And what often comes along with this mindset of viewing exercise as quote unquote mandatory or as a kind of checkbox item that we have to tick off is that we start to develop a really critical voice in our heads, one that uses a lot of if-then statements. So this voice can sound a lot like, if you don't exercise, then you will be unhealthy. Or if you don't get a workout in, then you will gain weight. And so this kind of guilt and shame-driven mindset, you know, it can certainly motivate action in the short term because naturally we want to protect ourselves from outcomes that we don't really want or that we view as undesirable. But what I wanted to really invite you all to consider with me today is how we can start to develop sustainable habits with exercise in the longer term. And what the research really suggests here is that approaching exercise with a curious, playful, and self-compassionate mindset, this is far more helpful in motivating ourselves to exercise in the long term. And really, this applies to many other habits that we might want to build. So think a little bit about um, the applications of what I'm about to share with you um, in other things or other types of habits and behaviors that you might want to sustain in the longer term. 
So what this kind of self-compassionate, curious, playful mindset um, and incorporating that into our relationship with exercise, what that could look like in practice is that um, you might try to find a form of exercise that you haven't really tried or you haven't done much of um, because perhaps you've heard some social media messages or other people's um, messages to you that this kind of exercise isn't as legitimate or as intense or as um, acceptable as other forms of exercise. So you might really enjoy, let's say, dancing, but you don't think that this is a form of exercise that is you know, as intense as running, for example, or as legitimate as a form of exercise as running. So what I would really encourage everyone to start doing here is to try to listen less to what social media or other people are saying are correct or legitimate or better forms of exercise and really tuning in to what feels fun for you. Um, so going back to that example of running, right? So let's say people around you are telling you that running is the best form of exercise and it helps with losing weight and it helps with getting healthy, but you really hate it. <laughs> So you might be thinking to yourself, well, but I really enjoy salsa dancing with a few friends um, on a Thursday night. Does that count as exercise? Is it intense enough? Is it okay that I'm having fun while I'm doing salsa dancing? Is it okay if I'm not sweating and suffering? <laughs> Is it really exercise if I'm not sweating or suffering? And I think when it comes to choosing a form of exercise that you truly find enjoyable and sticking to it, this is a wonderful way to challenge assumptions that you might have had about exercise in the past and to really reframe your relationship with movement and with exercise as one that you're allowed to enjoy, not just something that you have to do in order to check off something or to tick off a checkbox. I'm also aware that there are some of us who really don't enjoy exercise and movement just isn't fun for us naturally and inherently is not really fun. So you know, even though we might know that um, exercise is great for our physical or uh, and our mental health, um, some of us might just find it fi might find it really drudgerous, really annoying, really frustrating that we have to incorporate um, exercise into our schedules. So, if this is the case for you, there is a really helpful strategy called temptation or habit bundling. And this kind of strategy refers to pairing something that you're less excited about with something that you're more excited about. So in this case, you might listen to your favorite podcast or playlist when you're exercising, or you might choose to exercise with a good friend or a family member. So in other words, what you're doing when you temptation or habit bundle is that you're introducing fun into your relationship with exercise, not necessarily by trying to find a form of exercise that you enjoy, um, because perhaps you just don't find any forms of exercise really fun. Instead, you're bundling something or pairing something that you really do enjoy, listening to a podcast or a playlist, spending time with a friend or a family member, and putting that together with something that you're less excited about, in this case, exercise. So just to wrap up this episode, I think when it comes to exercising and um, developing a positive relationship with exercise, we can learn a little bit from the aunties and think about how we can incorporate um, a, a sense of playfulness and curiosity and enjoyment um, when it comes to exercising. And, you know, a lot of the way that we approach exercise all comes down to the mindset um, and the way we, we think about our relationship with exercise, too. Obviously, choosing something that we enjoy and um, sustaining that pattern of movement, let's say choosing, um, let's say you enjoy climbing and you decided to sustain that pattern of movement in your life. Um, choosing that 
pattern of exercise or that type of exercise, of course, is a big step. But the mindset that you take toward um, that particular exercise, like seeing it as something that you are looking forward to or that you are seeing as a way of enjoyment, not just as a way of sustaining your physical health, for example, a checkbox on your checklist. Um, thinking about the word wan or play in your head as you approach whatever exercise that you've chosen. That can be a really powerful way of building positive relationships with exercise as well. So um, I'll give you, um, just wrap up this episode with an, um, an example from my own life. Um, those of you who have been following, following me on Instagram will know that dancing has played a really big role in bringing me joy this year. And I think the big difference between dancing and other forms of movement that I've um, engaged in, in diff um, at different points in my life is that I'm really, really not great at dancing. <laughs> and when, you know, in previous exercise um, or types of exercise that I have um, engaged in in the past and enjoyed, like running and weightlifting, to a large extent, I really associated achievement and doing well in those form of, forms of movement um, and linked that to um, my sense of enjoyment. So a lot of times, um, the reason why I would enjoy um, running or weightlifting is because I was good at it. And so I think um, it got really tied up in that, um, you know, enjoyment was very much tied to achievement. But with dancing, because I really am not very good at it, and I really enjoy messing up, actually, <laughs> dancing in a Zumba class with lots of people who are also messing up, um, dancing with my dad um, and messing up together, I think that has actually really helped me bring home the point that when it comes to exercising, one of the most important aspects of it, really, is to have this air of playfulness, have this um, mindset of approaching movement with playfulness. And that is the most um, invigorating and refreshing part of exercise. I'll just end with um, just a final reminder also that has been helpful for me, which is that obviously exercise, because we're moving in our bodies, it brings wonderful physical health benefits. But if we forget that there are also amazing benefits that exercise brings in terms of our mental health, our emotional health, our social health, if we forget those aspects of exercise and the benefits that it brings in those aspects of our lives, we're really missing out such a huge chunk of um, you know, moving in our bodies, such a huge chunk of the benefits of moving in our bodies. So I hope that um, this episode was interesting to you. I hope that you um, take a moment to reflect on your relationship with movement. Think about the language that you use in your head when you talk to yourself about um, moving your body. You know, think about when you're doing the exercise that you like um, or you don't like. What is the voice in your head telling you? What kind of language are you using to speak to yourself? Um, that's the. Those are some of the thought questions I hope that you'll consider this week. And yeah, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week ahead if you're listening to this episode at the start of the week when it's being published. Or if you're listening to this episode at the tail end of your week, I hope that it's wrapping up nicely. Alrighty, I'll catch you on the next episode of the Lending Language Lab. It was lovely to have your ears here, um, and I'll catch you next time. Bye! Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in the lab. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. And if you have any questions, concerns, or just want to chat, pop me a DM over at my Instagram at underscore the mighty munchkin underscore. That's at underscore T-H-E 
M-I-G-H-T-Y-M-U-N-C-H-K-I-N underscore. Or you can shoot me an email at steph at bodybanter.com. That's steph, S-T-E-P-H, at B-O-D-Y-B-A-N-T-E-R dot com. Alrighty, catch you in our next episode. Bye!